Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Zanati Guma. And joining me to unpack your stock-related questions this evening are Rowan Williams from Nitrogen Fund Managers and Zuelake Mguni from Benguela Global Fund Managers. Be sure to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, gents. Uh, quite a, a pleasing um, picture that we are seeing in the markets uh, globally today. Um, I mean, if, if I were just looking at the JSC, I'd maybe think that it's probably some of the, the surges we've seen in some of the share prices uh, from the company news that we had seen today. But of course, looking at the broader context, it's all green. And I'm wondering, because this has been such a tough month, what's responsible, Rowan, for the boost we had today? Yeah, we're getting close to uh, third quarter end. Um, so that uh, always tends to be a, a, yeah, a reason or so, uh, yeah, an opportunity to sort of for shares to, to move upwards. But there were some specific stock uh, moves, I think, which bolstered the index as well. The energy complex was strong, uh, Sassel in particular, some of the coal shares, as you mentioned, and then uh, also uh, Anglos was, was strong today. Richmond had a little bounce, but it has been a tough uh, month, so we can't forget that, the, and it has been quite a tough year, in fact. So um, I guess there's a little bit of a relief rally. We've got, uh, yeah, uh, the, the sort of threat of higher interest rates sort of hanging over the market, and I think that's really damp dampening sentiment as we get to the end of the third quarter and into the last quarter of the year. Yeah, and I must say, just uh, looking at Sasol, it was actually also quite pleasing to see that share price surging 4% because we have seen the oil prices kind of edging higher, but Sasol not really participating uh, in that sentiment. So it was quite nice to see um, that they finally came to the party when it comes to the link between the oil price and Sasol. So, yeah. Laka, what did you make of the trading day that was today? Yeah, look, it, it was uh, quite a, a volatile day, but uh, I think as you, as, as Rowan said, there, there were some company specific uh, data that came through that basically uh, kind of lifted the mood uh, for, for investors. And, and certainly on your point on Sasso, um, I think it's positive uh, that they, they are starting to catch up on what has happened in the oil price, but we must also not forget that, uh, because of the business that they've become, a lot of the business we used to know years ago, uh, basically as the oil price increases, their input costs are also climbing because uh, some of the uh, petrochemicals are derived from uh, cracking uh, uh, crude. Ah, all right. I, I do know note your point there. Thank you so much also for highlighting that. Uh, quite a lot of company news that were out on the JSC today, but I'll first go to uh, the questions from our viewers. Um, so looking at uh, chip makers, ASML and NVIDIA, exciting huge growth prospects, strong balance sheets, virtually no debt with ASML, no competition. Uh, what can go wrong? Which to buy or both? Oh, wait, <laughs> Rowan. Yeah, that, uh, I think that, that's quite a good summation of your sort of uh, decisions. Uh, obviously, the prospects do look particularly good, and I think um, the AI theme is going to play out over a prolonged period of time. So demand is going to remain robust. So the question is in valuations, uh, and is the time now to, to enter, or do you wait for a potential pullback? Personally, um, I think the, obviously the, a lot of the semiconductor stocks have run very hard, uh, have uh, very high uh, prospects already priced in, 
And so I don't think as an investor you really are, are going to get uh, much of a good deal and, and, and better returns than sort of, yeah, just market-related returns. Yeah, so you kind of would say they're a hold at this sort of valuation level. So I do think there is a bit of clouds hanging over the market, as I mentioned, in terms of uh, higher rates and higher rates for longer. That does impact uh, longer-duration assets. Um, so I think there will be a pullback, uh, personally, uh, sort of maybe they miss sort of guidance or uh, demand sort of takes a short-term dip in the uh, longer-term sort of trend of growth, and that may be a chance to to accumulate. So I would look for value elsewhere in the short term and be patient on, on the semiconductor space. Yeah, really quite an interesting point that you make there because, I mean, this AI theme is good for investing in the long term. So... Uh, like Ron says, maybe if you're already in it, uh, maybe you hold, but also look at those valuations. Um, uh, Zulaka, do you approach this from a fundamental point of view um, where these companies are quite strong, the theme is, is, is right, but they have also run very hard? Or do you uh, approach it from a, a technical point of view where you kind of play the game, maybe take some profits, maybe wait for also valuations to go down if you actually do want to be in there at some point? Look, I, I agree with Rowan what he says. I mean, on the valuation side, I, I don't think things are looking great uh, there. I think it's also a, a a risky point in time to be rushing into these things when uh, they are actually very cyclical businesses. Mm-hmm. So what we know is that historically, if the global economy slowed down, this would be one of the sectors that would actually come under enormous pressure. And what we've seen is... On uh, uh, AI, on on AI, I mean, there, there was this uh, sudden wave uh, on the uh, or, or, on the on the on the data center chips. But I don't know. I mean, what we've observed in the past is that there's quite a short uh, uh, product life cycle in this type of uh, uh, market, and you may get a lot of growth initially. But your competitors tend to catch up to some extent. I think on in, on 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 the that applied to Nvidia. I think if we speak to uh, ASML, they've got a head start. I think the headwind is probably coming from the the geopolitics where they are no longer able to sell into China or will not be able to sell into China probably be, beyond year end. I think that there is also a challenge that uh, you, you they they would actually start seeing some of their competitors replicating their products. I mean, the fact that the Huawei could uh, create such a powerful chip is still being uh, questioned. And if indeed that's something that they, they can sustain, I think they'll basically give uh, a, 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 the, the, the ASML a run for their money in some of the emerging markets. Mm, all right. Well, uh, let's get on to Bytes. Um how does the panel feel about bites as a medium-term buy? They have just announced that the last six months have been great and they regularly pay dividends. Uh, the share price is up and down, but it seems to do great in the UK. Um, yeah, so they came out with their uh, trading statement, uh, I think, on Tuesday. Um, if I remember correctly, it didn't really have a lot of color, but we did see that share price surging, um, talking about... Uh, just growth in, in, in their earnings, double-digit uh, growth in their earnings. Uh, Rowan, would this be one that you are going for? Yeah, yeah it is an interesting proposition, actually, if you recall it uh, came out of the Altron stable, uh, Altec, um, and unbundling and uh, listed on the UK Stock Exchange. So uh, it uh, sort of is a little bit 
forgotten about sometimes by South African investors uh, because they mainly distribute Microsoft licenses uh, in, in UK and Europe. Um, but uh, it has been a very strong uh, profit uh, producer and very consistent. I think has a strong management team, strong uh, market position, uh, produces the results. I think if you're taking a view on the RAND, this is one of those sort of quality RAND hedges to have a look at. Um, you know, some of those bigger RAND hedges uh, are quite cyclical, uh, Richmond and Anheuser Bush and uh, British American Tobacco. So this may be sort of a non-traditional RAND hedge that is worth uh, a look at. So I think the valuation is quite full, but as long as they continue to deliver sort of 20% uh, plus growth, which they have been doing, uh, the valuation P will unwind quite quickly. So I think it is worth a, uh, worth a close look. And uh, yeah, you do pick up the dividend as well, as mentioned. Mm. Um, Zolake, I mean, uh, would this be a counter that you're you're going for at this point? Look, I, I agree. I think it's probably a defensive uh, uh, business in in the sense that the kind of products that they are they are selling and the matters of licensing and all those things, those are not seasonal. Generally, they're not seasonal uh, uh, kind of uh, products in the market. So I, I would probably support a position where one uh, holds a position. I'm now trying to wait for uh, dips, but uh, it's probably going to sustain its, uh, its, uh, its value throughout the the next uh, 6 to 12 months, which I think may be very volatile and tough. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's go into uh, commodities, uh, particularly coal. Tungela, the company paid a 10 rand dividend this week. The share price uh, increased uh, uh, by 7% uh, today. Uh, what does the panel think of Tungela? What was actually the reasoning for that increase today, up more than 7% actually? Uh, Rowan? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it is somewhat a vol volatile stock. I think uh, maybe some traders uh, like the stock as well, but uh, it's really uh, off the back of the energy prices that uh, surge that we spoke about earlier. So we have mm. seen uh, a, a a strong uptick in the oil price. I mean, that's also driving inflation concerns. But as it relates to the energy companies, that's quite positive. Uh, coal, to some extent, is priced uh, off uh, oil as a reference point. Uh, there is sort of uh, indications that uh, European demand for coal will be strong uh, this upcoming winter. And with the higher energy prices, I guess, more substitution into coal, obviously, that has a direct, direct bearing on the potential profitability of together and uh, yeah we saw the share move up so it is a bit sentiment driven but uh, energy sentiment is positive at the moment and hence uh, sentiment to the share also positive so like i can call the bottom on that sh uh, coal price at this point <laughs> <laughs> no i can't call the bottom but i i, I do think that uh, the if you if you have the the earnings yeah. i mean you'd still get uh, a quite a attractive valuation. So, so uh, I would say that you probably have to look forward and say, uh, how can the price of uh, uh, energy become worse than uh, half? Because if it doesn't get worse than that, I would probably still say that uh, there might still be some value in it uh, at the current level. 
Yeah, all right. Before we go to a break, um, uh, as we're talking about uh, the kind of big moves that we did see on share prices of companies out today, um, and obviously we're talking about tech company bites, I want to go into EOH. Um, that yeah, share yeah. price was down 10% after they released a trading update. But I mean, it wasn't uh, more bad news, it was less bad news because they did say that they expect their headline earnings uh, per share from uh, continuing operations for that loss to narrow, uh, saying that they are making good progress on their uh, profits. Rowan, what did the markets not like there? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's very much a work in progress. Uh, and uh, I guess maybe the, just the continuation of the losses. I mean, maybe less informed investors were expecting, you know, the business is turning around. It is producing what looks like uh, operating profits, but they've still got a significant amount of debt. Uh, so that a lot of it gets uh, used up, uh, obviously, to, um, yeah, to, to pay interest. And you know, obviously, interest rates are going up. So that puts them in a difficult position. And I guess as long as they actually overall still making losses on an earnings basis mm. they're going to struggle to dig here and uh, hence it, it, it just uh, difficult to get out of a sort of debt position that they're on but i think it's very much uh, a longer term working process operationally there is progress um but yeah given i guess the low valuation the share is going to be also volatile so mm. uh, on the day probably maybe less than, than the market was hoping for and anticipating and, and so, as you saw the share coming down uh on on the news so like is this a case of um investors just thinking that this is actually it might actually take a very long time for the company to even get to break even point at, at this point yeah. You know, before I answer that question, I mean, I, I would just ask myself, what is EOH competitive advantage? Uh, and, and I mean, we looked at it years ago when it was five rand. Yeah. And the question was, what is their competitive advantage? I don't see any competitive advantage that enables them to get back into a position where they can generate uh, uh, strong returns and, and, and be uh, quite profitable as they were in the past. I mean, I think what we didn't know as we've come to know now is that the, the growth that they were acquiring with all the misstatements and the funny accounting was actually masking what I think is a, a lack of competitive advantage. I mean, there, there's nothing special about your age. Uh, what they used to offer, the, the customized uh, uh, software solutions that they would build for their customers, and Sasol was one of their clients. And they've lost all those type of uh, advantages. and. I cannot see how they'll be able to pick up new market or new clients uh, going forward and uh, for, on what basis because there's a lot more competition in the market. So I'll, I'll skip uh, EOH completely uh, in, in my case. Ah, very, very interesting. Well, I mean, a company that uh, investors were willing to skip um, just uh, a short while ago was Spa. But actually, we saw investors nibbling today. Um, and it seems that they finally listened to investor concerns and uh, they are exiting that uh, Poland operation. Uh, Rowan, do you think that this was uh, the right thing to do? Also, but also, um, is it not, should they not have done it sooner? Yeah, and that is a, a fair point. Um, so I think they're throwing in the towel there and as you say, uh, actually taking cognizance of investor concerns. Uh, they, I mean, I, we know the business was getting into a very tight space uh, missing banking covenants, uh, a large SAP 
rollout, uh, obviously a lot of margin pressure in the South African business, continued losses in Poland, a slowdown in Switzerland. So a lot of things happening simultaneously, and I think they just had too much on their plate, management challenges, etc. KZN floods, I mean, the list goes on and on. So um, they something had to give, and I think, uh, you know, uh, not persisting with, with Poland. I think in the past they said they can fix it and they were committed to it, but uh, just uh, accepting, I guess, defeat there and, and moving on um, is a positive thing. And I think that was one of the key reasons for the, the, the catalyst because the, the rest of the updates, um, although yeah, not, not terrible, wasn't that exciting, uh, did show pressures in the business in any event. So, um, yeah, I, I, it uh, was a bit of a relief rally. It seemed a bit excessive to me in terms of the, the move, but mm. it shows you how low the expectations were and, uh, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the palpable relief from, from the investment community. I mean, just talking about those pressures that we did uh, still see in that trading update was also Switzerland. And I'm wondering if that's also a geography, Zulake, that they also might need to rethink. In fact, in the in the conference call which I attended, I mean, there was a question asked directly to them about Switzerland, and yeah. they did say that the current uh, 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 investor value proposition that uh, that that is in Switzerland does not suit uh, either them or the, the, their current investors, and it's something that they will, as soon as they've dealt with uh, Poland, they'll probably have to reconsider. I mean, it, it just goes to show the amount of damage that was caused by the previous uh, regime uh, in making acquisitions so rapidly in regions that they didn't know much about. And, and certainly uh, the, the, the rest of the investors were left to pick up the tab. And the, the, as, as Rowan says, the, the relief today that they will exit uh, Poland and I think the confirmation that they will relook at uh, Switzerland. Was very positive for the market. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The good news is that uh, clearly they are listening uh, to investors uh, at this point. Um, well, uh, moving on to uh, clothing retailers. There's actually a question here. Uh, we've been cutting the weeds. Uh, that's commodities um, for some time now, and I believe one must find flowers to water. So which between the two sectors, textiles and telecoms, should one opt for? Uh, firstly, uh, Rowan, do you agree that textiles, so the clothing retailers and the telecoms are flowers and should they be watered? Yeah, it's an interesting analogy. I think, uh, uh, you know, they're both in the consumer sector. That is an element of the overlap of the exposure and the consumers under pressure. But I think there's a lot of secular changes in the telecom space that are making it very challenging. Uh, we know the operating environment in South Africa and more broadly Africa, where our big telecoms players have exposure, uh, is very challenging. Uh, obviously, we've got load shedding uh, and uh, yeah, electricity supply issues, and then there's uh, a lot of uh, currency issues in other African countries and repatriating floating currencies. So a lot of margin pressure, and I think that's going to continue, sort of regulatory pressure as well. So I don't see positive prospects uh, for the telecom space, which means, yeah, but maybe it's better to look for flowers in the <laughs> in the, the the textile retail space. And uh, yeah, clothing retailers, I think uh, they are a constant need. Um, 
There was an investor conference uh, last week where I think uh, a lot of the uh, retailers spoke and I think they said they're seeing some green shoots, uh, you know, something that can be watered and uh, maybe some flowers will sprout from those. So um, I'd say the valuations are quite depressed uh, and through the cycle, um, the earnings could be quite low and could improve. They've had a lot of challenges on a gross margin perspective overstocked uh, and I think that can improve. So. I would yeah, probably go to the clothing retailer space if I was to deploy capital that I realized uh, out of other sectors. Yeah, and uh, South Africans do love clothes. We're actually very, very stylish. Yes. If you don't believe me, just look at me. Um, <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like, <laughs> what would you be watering here? Would you be watering textiles or telecoms or maybe none? Look, I'd probably go with clothing uh, rather than uh, the telecoms. I think the telecoms are facing some serious challenges, as, uh, as Ron said. Uh, there, there is a unstated price deflation in that sector. I mean, uh, in the past, we used to make calls and pay two rand per minute, and now we're making calls on WhatsApp, we're making calls on over the internet, uh, and the price per minute is almost uh, disappeared. Eventually, we're going to see that the data replaces voice uh, as a means for connection in terms of uh, voice calls. That's going to push through some inflation. On the other hand, the cost of energy, the, 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 the cost of uh, spectrum uh, and new technologies that they need to keep upgrading, I think those things are going to put them under pressure. So I think I'd probably say on a long-term basis, I'd feel comfortable sitting more in the clothing sector because you know uh, the ladies like changing their clothes so i'm sure next week you're going to be wearing a different set yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right um well capitec just before we go to your stock picks uh, quite a surprising move there because i mean capitec's been the one that's one of the, the the bank that's really been under pressure while all the others ha, have been uh, enjoying the fruits of investors going in. Um, Rowan, finally, Capitec got watered today. Um, do you think that that's warranted? Yeah, so I think what the positive thing there was uh, there was an increase uh, in uh, the bad debt provision credit loss ratio. Uh, but I think that was more than offset by a significant growth uh, and continued sort of momentum in their transacting revenue. So they look like they're extracting significant value out of their very substantial client base. They indicated 21 million customers, which is uh, pretty incredible um, for, for a fairly new bank. Um, and they are now selling other services to them. The insurance products are doing incredibly well. Um, we spoke about the uh, mobile space, the MVNO that they've uh, started there seeing massive traction uh, with their data proposition where the, the, the data doesn't expire. Um, so uh, really good growth. And I think uh, if you look at the numbers, it, it was actually pretty impressive and uh, the ability to extract further value from the client relationship. Um, so I think uh, the, the, the results yeah, were, were, yeah. Were, were, were seen as positive again, as you said, a different nature of earnings to the other banks yeah. and there were concerns about bad debts but uh but the people uh yeah investors like growth and it does look like it is continues to be a bit of a growth story ah, all right well gents we are out of time we probably have about uh 20 seconds each for your stock picks uh as we're talking about watering flowers uh Zulake, what are you watering today uh, i'm taking spa i think uh, i believe that uh, 
the management in the in the in the board and under the 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 new chairman i think i think that they've taken some bold steps and i think they'll continue doing so they're cautious but i think they'll continue doing so i think we should see quite a meaningful improvement in the performances part going forward as they refocus on south africa ah all right on your side rowan yeah, so uh, in the many years I've been uh, on the show, I haven't picked Nusper. So uh, why now, I guess, uh, because it's always been out there, is really we're seeing a change in, of the guard. And I think what we're moving to is uh, with the departure of uh, Bob van Dijk, um, and a new CEO, if it becomes permanent, the current appointment, uh, really the value realization strategy continuing and possibly accelerating so that discount that has persisted for so long and has bothered all of us i think over the next three to five years we can see it uh, coming down 10 cents also at a sort of a low point so it's a good entry point uh, and it remains a quality rand hedge yeah all right well thank you so much for your time and analysis today gents really appreciate it that is all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guests, Rowan Williams from Nitrogen Fund Managers and Zulaike Mguni from Benguela Global Fund Managers. Up next, the close. Stay with us.